I was hoping there's another verse or two in that song. <laughs> uh, that's, that's some good stuff right there. Amen. Thank you, Joe. You betcha. Clarence, you want to pray for us, please, sir? Would you do that? Thank you, Clarence. Thank you, buddy. We'll be in uh, the book of John if you want to turn there today. Uh, There is one verse that we're going to look at today. Uh, We will augment it with several other verses, but uh, the one verse we're going to look at is John 14, 6. So if you would like to turn there, we'll see what that has to say to us today, I think. God has been wanting me, I think, to preach this for... A number of weeks, I'm not sure why, but he confirmed to me this week that maybe this is the one we need to, this Sunday is the one we will work on this. James 14, John 14, verse 6. Later on in the book of John, Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? And you know, the, the, the reaction of the disciples was, well, you know, some, some folks out there in their opinion say that you are John the Baptist. Even though he has been beheaded, the spirit of John the Baptist has come to live within you, Jesus. And you have the same message, a message of repentance. And then there was other opinions said, well, we believe he's, he's Elijah, uh, who is considered the greatest Jewish prophet of them all. And maybe he's just uh, Elijah who has come back from the dead. Some would say, man, no, he was the weeping prophet Jeremiah because of the struggle that he had in life. And, of course, we know a lot of folks would just say, yeah, he was a good teacher. Uh, He was a prophet. He knew the scriptures. He was a really good man. And if you just stop and think about that, they, at least in, the old, in, in Jesus' time, they would kind of relate him to somebody maybe in the past who was maybe a pretty good guy. Now, if you wanted to go on the street today and ask, uh, who do you say Jesus is? I would think you would have 
If you ask 100 people, you might have 100 different answers, different opinions. Well, he was a good guy. I heard he performed some miracles. Yeah, I remember about him when I was in Sunday school. Uh, the teacher used to uh, talk to about him. Uh, I heard he got himself killed. Got him a bad deal, I think. And, but, you know, somebody said, you know, he, they, he, he rose the third day. I, you know, I, I don't know. But And every time you would ask somebody, I believe, on the street who had no biblical background, they would have a different opinion about who... Jesus says, and that's kind of why Jesus was asking the disciples, who do they, who them folks out there say that I am? Everybody has an opinion, do they not? I remember when I was air coordinator for the basketball officials out here, I would tell those guys, I said, uh, you know, if they yell at you, it doesn't mean that they're right. Okay, you understand what I'm saying? If they yell at you, it doesn't mean that you miss the call. It's just they have an opinion about what you're calling. I mean, they have a, a biased opinion about that. And they might yell at you, but you might have made the, the absolute perfect call. And yet, people obviously don't care about that. You know, they, they have an opinion about what it is. So today, we're going to kind of look at that. We're going to kind of twist what Jesus said just a little bit. I don't mean that in a bad way. You know, when, when, when Jesus said, who do men say that I am? I want to kind of change that question, and I'm going, to, I'm going to say this. Who did Jesus say he was? That's where we're going to go today. Who did Jesus say that he was? John 14, verse 6, says this. And this is just right after those verses that we talked about early on. And Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. Amen. Amen. What is Jesus saying here? He's saying there is only one way to the Father. He's saying there is only one way to heaven. There is only one road that leads to salvation. And Jesus says what? That is me. Only Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Only Jesus. One road to salvation. You want to you get to heaven today when you pass? You got to go through Jesus. Your good works won't get you there. Your good looks won't get you there. And, and I know Jerry is very thankful for that. The amount of money that you tithe won't get you there. Coming to church won't get you there. The only way you'll get there is how? Through Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. You know, people have accused Baptists of being very narrow-minded. You know, they say, I am Baptists, I'm Southern Baptists. They just, they're just narrow-minded because all they can say is there's only one way for salvation. Praise God, we are Southern Baptists, because that's what the Bible says. There is only one way through salvation, and that's Jesus Christ. In that verse, he says, I am the way, Jesus says. You know, we live in a very pluralistic society. Did you know that? There is a lot of religions out there. You know, the, 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 the Muslims would tell you one way in which you've got to do to get to heaven. 
The Jewish would tell you something else. The Buddhist would tell you something else. The Dalai Lama would tell you something else. Uh, the tribes in Africa uh, and around the world would tell you a different way to get to heaven. But they all believe, they all believe that eventually we all will end up in the same spot. And that is in heaven. They all believe that. No matter, they include Christ in there or not, they believe that their religion, all religions around the world, will eventually melt into one spot, and that will be heaven. Well, I'm, I'm not sure that's really correct. They would say, all roads lead to heaven. And Jesus says, I am the way, not anything else. There's a parable in Matthew I want to just swing back there. If you've got your Bibles, if you want to go back to Matthew 7, I want to just uh, read a parable that kind of ties in with Jesus being the way. And it's Matthew 7, beginning in verse 13 and, and 14. And it gives us another picture of there's only one way. It says in verse 13, Jesus is speaking here. And he says, enter through the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few who find it. You know, in this old world, God has given us a choice. Did you know that? He said, you can pick one or two roads that you want to walk. Not three, four, five, or six. There's only two. And he said, one road is a broad road, and one is a very narrow road. One leads to destruction. One leads to life. And every person in this room and every person outside of this room is on one of those two roads. I'm here to tell you. So we look at this, this one road, this first road, the broad road. This broad road is is a wide road. It has a wide gate. And he says most people will be on this road. Most people will be on this road. What does this road look like? It is a life that says I'm going to live my life however I want to live it. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. I'm going to make my own choices. It is I'm going to do my own thing. It's a life that says, I want to pursue as much material possessions as I can get to make my life a little bit easier so I can have a little bit bigger and a little better and a little shinier in my life. And I pursue materialism. I pursue nothing else. It's a life that says, I want to take care of me and my family, but the rest of y'all just kind of figure it out. I'm just going to do, do my own thing. It's a life that says, I don't need God in my life. And I for sure don't want to pursue the things of God. You know, you know, I, you know I, that church is just boring. Or, you know, I, I, I'm not going to read that Bible. I mean, that, that's kind of like old news. That is so out of date. That is just nothing. It, that don't fit in society. And praying is a waste of time. And either you say that or you don't, but your actions tell us that. And it is a life that pursues everything but God. It is a life that rejects Jesus Christ. 
It is a life that says, I don't need him. I've got my own way to get to heaven. I've got my own religion. I don't need Jesus Christ in my life. And they pursue everything but Christ in their life. And the Bible says what? If that is the road that you want to be on, and that's the road that you choose, it says what? It says that pathway, that way, that way ends in destruction. That pathway ends in being separated from God forever and forever. Now, see, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that if, if, if you don't want to think about God and you don't want to pursue about God, there's a lots of folks out there. And, and you and I know that, that there's a lot of folks that have nothing to do with God whatsoever, and their life is really good. I mean, they're cruising along, and, and they've got everything that they want, and they've got all the money they want, and they appear to be happy, and just things are just going great for them. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, that if you don't have Christ in your life, that, that your life's going to be really bad, because there are a lot of folks out there that said, man, I, I got it all going. I'm, I'm the head of a company. I got a lot of money. I got, yeah, things are great. So I can't hear and sit there and tell you that, that, that your life is not going to be awful if you don't have Christ. But I can do tell you this. You can live your life without Jesus. You can. I'm not here to lie to you. You can live your life without Jesus. But you can't die without Jesus. You can't die without Jesus. Because if you're on that narrow, that broad road with that wide gate, and you're doing your thing, and you've rejected Christ, you've got nothing to do with God, God will honor you. Did you know that? He will honor and say, you don't want anything to do with me in this old earth? You want to reject my son? He'll say, that's fine. I will honor that, and I will allow you for eternity to not have anything to do with me. I will allow you for eternity to reject my son. And we'll be separated forever and forever in eternity. That's what he says. That kind of life leads to destruction and spiritual death. But there's another road. And this is the road I hope every one of us are on. I hope. And he says this road is, is, is very narrow. And the gate is really small. I mean, you'd probably have to turn sideways to kind of get in through that gate. It's so narrow. And he said, but there ain't, there ain't a whole lot of folk on that, on that road. What does that road look like? That is a road that has, in their life, has accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. You see, that road is a born-again believer. That road has submitted their life to Jesus Christ. That road says, I want to live my life obediently according to the teachings of God's Word. That is a life that pursues the things of God. God is important in your life. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, okay? It's important to you. It's a life that says, I'm going to take up my cross and follow Him. Not many folk want to do that. That doesn't sound like a whole bunch of fun. But the Bible says if you want to get on that road and you want to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, you want to find life, he says that is life. You can choose life 
now and you can choose life for an eternity. John 10.10 says, as I've come to give you life, a life more abundant. Okay, that's what Jesus said. When you accept him as Lord and Savior, the Bible says, I've come to give you life and have it abundantly. So we can have an abundant life here. We can have an abundant life for eternity. John 3.36 says this, He who believes in the Son has eternal life. But he that does not obey the Son has not life. And the wrath of God is upon him. You want eternal life? Eternal life is in Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the only way to the Father. There is no other way to the Father. You want heaven. You want salvation. You want to live in the presence of God forever and forever, which is what heaven is. Okay. Jesus said, I am the way to do that. The second part of that verse says, I am the truth. I am the truth. We also live in what's known as an inclusive society. Inclusive society. And in an inclusive society, all people, they say, they believe this. And I guarantee you, outside these walls, they would say, you betcha. It says all people will go to heaven regardless of their faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is not needed. It's all inclusive. And, and, and you live your life and, and, and you never darken the door. You don't want to know anything about Jesus. The inclusive society says you're still going to go to heaven. And I would just bet, I don't know, but I would just bet, anybody outside these walls, I bet you, if you ask them that question, they would say, yep, yep, I, I believe we're all going to make it. We're all going to make it. And the Bible says that's not true. That is not right. You know, if that is the case, that everybody's going to make it, we might as well just close these doors. <laughs> There's no need to be here. There's no need for evangelism, no need for missions, no need for Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Just wouldn't need it because everybody's going to go to heaven. They had no need for any of that. But Jesus said, that. no, that's not right. He says, I am the truth. Let me tell you about the truth. Jesus is the embodiment of God here on this earth. He is the communicator of God's word here on this earth. Jesus is God in the flesh here on this earth. And when God, when Jesus speaks, he's speaking truth. Did you know that? John 10, 30 says this. Says, he says, uh, I and my Father are one. I and my Father are one. The Bible says it is impossible for God to lie. Every time Jesus speaks, he's speaking truth from the Father. Every time you read in his word, especially in the red, it is God speaking through his son, Jesus Christ. And all he's doing is speaking truth. When Jesus says in, thir in Luke 13, 3, unless you repent, you all likewise will perish. That is the truth speaking truth. In John 3, 3, except a man be born again. He will not see the kingdom of God. That is the truth, speaking truth. When Jesus said, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they 
shall be satisfied. That is the truth, speaking truth. Matthew 6.24, where he says, No man can serve two masters. You can't have allegiance over here and allegiance over here. He said you can't do it. You'll either hate the one, despise the other one. Or you'll love one and hold on to one, the other one. He said you can't do it. Jesus knows what he's talking about. He's speaking truth to us. He is truth and he speaks truth every time he speaks. In John 15, 6, it says, If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. He's talking about those who reject him in this whole lifetime. That's the truth, speaking truth. In John 14, 3, if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. We just went over that verse. What a great positive verse. That is the truth, speaking truth. You see, the world, the world doesn't know what truth is. Oprah and her folks will tell you, whatever you want to believe, that is your truth. Whatever you want to, to think about, which is good and right, she says, that's your truth. That's what you need to believe in. And Jesus said, no, 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 that's not right. He says, I am the truth. God's word is the truth. You want to know what truth is in this society? Jesus is the truth. And when he speaks, he speaks the truth. I am the way and the truth, Jesus will say. And I'm the only way to get salvation. The last one there that, that we want to look at there, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Okay. I am the way, the truth, and the life. In Luke 12, he gives us a parable about life. And we won't go back and read it, but I'll just tell you a little bit about it. In Luke 12, there's a farmer who's been doing really good. I mean, his crops are doing great. And, and the Bible says he, he stops and thinks to himself, you know, man we're, man, we're having bumper crop year after year. He said, you know, I need, to, I need to tear these old barns down and I need to build some bigger barns. Because my crop is, I can't, I can't hold my crop. It's all got to, I got to keep it. And he says, I think that's what I'm going to do. He says, and there's so much here that he says, I'll be, I, will, I will be able to eat, drink, and be merry for the next, I don't know how many years, he says. I'll be set for life. And you know, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having a bumper crop. There's nothing wrong about big and a, building a bigger barn. But if you go back and read those verses, there's three verses there, and ten times he uses the word I or my. You see, this farmer who has this bumper crop has this bumper crop because of how good he was as a farmer. He never one time does he speak about God providing. He never thinks about God in his life. All he can think about is how good he was as a farmer, how good his crop was, and how he is kind of a very special person. And, and he leaves God out of the equation. You see, he, he does fine in life. He was doing great in life without God. But then the Bible says in that next verse, but God says, you fool, tonight 
your soul will be required of you. You see, he had all these great plans about what he was going to do. And yet we find God is still in control. You can live a life fine without God in your life, but you can't die without Jesus. And you see, that man, the Bible says, died and left everything that he had, those barns that were full and those barns that were still being built, left them to somebody else. He never thought there would become a day of reckoning. And Jesus said, sir, you're a fool because you left me out of your life. You know, Matthew 16, 26, and you've heard this verse before. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and yet loses his own soul? What will a man give in exchange for his soul? You see, this rich man gave all of his life to becoming bigger and better, but never thought about God in his life. Proverbs 16.25 says this, There is a way that seems right unto man, but in the end leads to death and destruction. Man searches for happiness, doesn't he? Man searches for the meaning of life. Man searches for how I can be the best person that I can be. How can I be the happiest person that I could ever be? And we begin to look in different areas of our life to find this meaning of life, what it is. And, and so many times people try to, try to find meaning in their life with their job. And for a while this job is really good and everything's going good, but after a while it becomes work. After a while it's not quite as much fun as it used to be. And it just doesn't seem to keep a satisfaction in the pit of men's stomachs. And we, we look there and we don't find it. We look in our marriage to see if, if, if marriage will give us the, the, the excitement of life, if you would. And it does for a while, but then after a while, maybe it doesn't for a while. She's supposed to make me happy. He's supposed to make me happy. No, that's not the way where that's not the meaning of life. So many times people go possessions. They need possessions. They need bigger and they better, better and they need shinier. And they wrap all their lives thinking that that will bring me happiness, that will bring me satisfaction in life. And yet after a couple of years, they begin, those items begin to rust and they begin to rot. And they're not near as fun now because I've had them for so long. And we find out that possessions do not bring satisfaction, do not bring the meaning of life. Well, people say, I need to make more money. I need to have more treasures. I need a little bit more. I think, I think it was Howard Hughes that they asked this question. How much more money do you need? Because he had it all. And he said, just a little bit more. Just a little. And he had millions. You see, he thought his money would bring him happiness and satisfaction. And yet, it couldn't do that. It just doesn't work that way. People look for power and influence in their community. I want to be somebody. I want people to look up to me. That'll make me feel good. Doesn't bring happiness to you. Doesn't bring satisfaction to you. 
People try religion the same way. They try religion to find happiness, the meaning of life, and they don't find it in religion. The only place you find that, it's not religion, but it's in a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's where you find it. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Joe. You see, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You want life here on this earth? You want life here on this earth? You go to the one who is life, and that's Jesus Christ. If you want to know about the way in which to live, it's Jesus. Look to him. If you want to know about truth in this old world where it's kind of hard to find truth, it's Jesus, he says. Look to him. If you want to know life, how to live life on this old earth, it's Jesus. Look to him. If you want to know about salvation for eternity, look to Jesus. It's him. Acts 4, 12 says this, and there is salvation in no one else. There is no other name under heaven which has been given among men by which you must be saved. And that name is Jesus. That is Jesus. No man comes to the Father but by Jesus. You see, it's all kind of wrapped up. Life's kind of wrapped up that way, isn't it? You're looking for the way of life. It's Jesus. You're looking for the truth. It's Jesus. You're looking how to live a life. It's all about Jesus. And then he says, (laughs) and no one comes to the Father but by me. Narrow-minded, yes. Does the world accept that? No. Do you believe that? Do you believe that he is the only way for salvation? I hope you do. Because that's the truth. (laughs) When the truth speaks, he speaks truth. And it's impossible for God to lie. It's impossible for Jesus to lie. The truth speaks truth. I don't know how God has spoken to you today. I don't know what road you're on. Are you on the narrow road? I hope so. Uh, But what happens if you're on the broad road where everybody's, most everybody's living these days on the broad road? If you're living on that road, you've got a spiritual issue, I'm here to tell you. Okay? Because the Bible says if that's the road that you're on, that leads to destruction. That leads to spiritual destruction. That leads to spiritual death. Are you pursuing your own pursuits? Are you rejecting Christ in your life? Then you're on that road. But I have good news for you. If that's the road that you're on, if you want nothing to do with Christ in your life, I can tell you something. God still loves you. Jesus still dies for you. And he is calling you to come to him. See, one of the beautiful things about Christ is that that he wants you to come to him with your brokenness in your life, with your addictions in life, with your struggles in life, with your unforgiveness in life. 
in your life when you feel like you have no purpose or plan in your life? Jesus said, what did he say? He said, come to me. Come to me. Let me deal with that. Let me change you from a hardened heart to a sweetheart. Let me change the road that you're on. Let you have a U-turn in your life and let Jesus heal you and forgive you. One of the hardest things that people deal with today is unforgiveness. They just People struggle with being unforgiven. And I'm here today to tell you, come to Jesus, give your heart and life to Jesus. He will change your heart and he will give you a clean, forgiven heart and he will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Come to him and let him heal your, your brokenness and your sinfulness. Can you ever be too bad for God? No. Can't ever be too bad for God. I'm reminded of the, the man on the, on the cross that was strung up with Jesus next to him. One of those guys, what did they do? They just yelled insults at Jesus. But the other guy on the cross understood there's something different about Christ. Something different about that man that was hanging there. Maybe it was when he says to the people that were crucifying him, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. But you know this guy is hanging here and he looks over at Jesus. And he says, Jesus, remember me when you come into my kingdom. When you come to your kingdom, remember me. Jesus said what? Today you'll be with me in paradise. Today you'll be with me in heaven. The guy had nothing to offer Jesus. He didn't have any clothes on. And he was beaten and he was bloodied and, and he hadn't gone, then hadn't gone to communion and he hadn't gone to a preaching service and he sure hadn't been to Sunday school. He sure hadn't witnessed to anybody. He looked awful. He looked like warmed over death because that's what he was. And yet as Jesus is hanging on that cross, this man calls out to him, Father, remember me. Nothing to offer. No good works. He didn't have any good works. He hadn't done anything good in his life forever. But when he reached out in faith and said, remember me in your kingdom, act of faith, what did Jesus do? Today you'll be with me in paradise. That's, who the, that's the Jesus that we serve. He said, I don't care what you've done. I don't care anything about that. Take a step towards me, and I'll forgive you, and I'll heal you, and I'll clean you up for eternity. What an awesome, awesome thing that Jesus has do, is doing for us. And you and I can have the same kind of freedom if you just come to him. You know, I think when he, when he said that to Jesus, it must have just been a, a kind of a moment. I'm going to be with him. Jesus dies a couple hours later. He, he dies too. Probably the first guy <laughs> in heaven after Jesus died was a thief on the cross. Mm-mm-mm. Tricia, as you come and play. We're all sinners, aren't we? Every one of us is a sinner. The Bible tells us we are sinners. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. What's the difference between a sinner who is on the broad road and the sinner that's on the narrow road? The one on the narrow road has accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. They have chosen life here. They've chosen eternal life 
there. That's the only difference. We've all sinned. The Bible says that the wages of that sin is what? Eternal death. But he gave us a gift. God gave us a gift so we would not have eternal death, eternal separation. And that gift is Jesus. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, what does he say? You shall be saved. Man, it's not rocket science, is it? You just have to take a step of faith. Step of faith from this guy who's hanging on the cross. If you've never done that, I'm asking you to take a step of faith and accept Christ as Lord and Savior. As their heads are bowed and their eyes are closed and Trisha's playing the piano, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to work. I've asked.